Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter? We got it, at real underscore nerds. And you know what? You can even like us on Facebook. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. I am Ryan, and I have two movie nerds with me. In front of me is James, and kind of behind me. What's up there? What's going on? It's Brad. It's Hi, like Brad. a human centipede. Watch your butt. Whoa. And my mouth. <laughs> if you're wondering what you're doing listening to us. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, me and James went and saw Deliver Us from Evil. Deliver Us. The, uh, the, the new film from Scott Derrickson, who favorited my tweet. He did. That was pretty cool. That was, that was What's really cool is he's from Colorado. Yeah, he's from Westminster, I think. So uh, I think he appreciates the 303 represent hashtag. I, <laughs> Probably. I think I tweeted. We need to make that a thing. Yeah. Him and like the two other famous directors from Denver. Yes. I don't know, I don't know who they are. But there's, I'm sure there's He's cool. I'm yeah. sure there are. Anyways, we also talk about movie news, stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray, box office numbers, stuff we've been watching, comic books. All kinds of shit. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. So James, what came, came out this week in movie history that we should be aware of? Um, well, I don't, know it's, I don't know if it's like movie history, um, but this is the week that Sleepless in Seattle came out and was released and actually lost to Jurassic Park. Um, which I think was in its second or third week, um, which I actually like that movie. Like, yes, it is a paint by the numbers, you know, romantic comedy, but it doesn't cute. matter. Sometimes um, yeah. the actors can elevate it. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks, I'd be like, well, th- th- "Fuck this piece of shit!" But uh, but they're uh, just like you've got Mel. I think you've got Mel is cheesier than Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, but there's something about it that you just oh, this is cute. Yeah. They have a little can- a bookstore, and yeah. Tom Tom Hanks runs Barnes and Noble, and it's it's one of those um, actually kind of like you know other Tom Hanks movies like Forrest Gump or something like that where it gets sort of made fun of so much that I think people forget that it I mean it's genuinely a decent like good movie you know um, Forrest Gump came out this week too did it did oh man I didn't see that wow you know I did also watched a Tom Cru- uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks movie this week too. Oh yeah, it'll be a surprise for what we've been watching. Ooh. Tom Hanks, great actor. I don't know. I've been getting a lot of his movies lately on Blu-ray. Yeah, I don't know why. It just just happens to be. Did you get Joe versus the volcano? No, is that on Blu-ray? I have no idea. 
I've never looked. I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> is Sarah Jessica Parker in that one? Uh, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I so know he jumps in a volcano. Yeah. I think it's Meg Ryan again. Is it Meg Ryan? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Who's uh, who's in the burbs with him? Corey Feldman. <laughs> no, I mean the lady. The blonde lady. She was that funny lady from the... Ed- anyway, doesn't matter. Candace Bergen? Maybe. I wouldn't know... Here's Where the, the hell would I, I pull that name, name out of? <laughs> I'm like, I Murphy Brown, 80s? I wouldn't know her name even if you said it. Candace Borgnine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was totally her. Mm-hmm. Candace Borgnine. I made that name up. You did. I knew, yeah. Uh-huh. They combined Just, Ernest with <laughs> Candace. Yeah, it's not that. You know, Brad, I was thinking about you because you're talking about the Ernest movies. They're all at uh, Tradesmart for like $4 on Blu-ray. Oh, shit. Like, is it a three-pack in the same disc? No. It's like, they're all separated. Oh. With wow. A, with no bonus features. You two can complete your When you your say all of them, do you mean, like, even, like, Ernest Goes to Africa and Slam Dunk Ernest? And Ernest Save Space. Uh, save Space. No, I, space. I, I think. Christmas. I think the Africa one is there, but Slam Dunk is not. I remember it's, like, wow. five of them. Wow. And they're oh, all, like, oh, okay. $4 each. I own those on DVD. I don't know if I don't know on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't want to see Ernest in high definition... Yeah. Mm. All you really need is the three camp and I know camp what you mean. and, and uh, scared stupid and and jail. Yep. And do you really need those? <laughs> <laughs> need is yeah. You're right. Need is a strong word. Eh, you know, Ernest is fun. I would say I, I do kind of want to see the one where he just rides a cannon for the whole movie. <laughs> what? what? I don't Ernest rides all. again. He rides a Civil War cannon like from point A to point B or something. I I've never. <laughs> I didn't know that one existed. How many are there in actuality? Like seven. Uh, there's like eight or nine, I Holy think. Holy shit. But like six of them are not theatrically released. Oh, that poor guy. I'm sure he's fine with it. He probably made bank off those commercials instead. Dude, man's got pick. Well, man had Pixar money. Yeah, Pixar money, Coca-Cola commercial money. Yeah. yeah. Three f- or four f- theatrical feature money. But he couldn't take it with him. No. Nope. I bet his family's happy. I hope he has a family. Shouldn't have smoked so he much. He seemed like a nice guy. If he hadn't smoked so much, he probably wouldn't have had that haggard face and that voice. Mm. Smoking made him money. Listen to that, kids. The theme of this episode will be you should go smoke because smoking <laughs> is cool and makes you money. It is not cool. Smoking will make you a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> like James Dean, Jim Varney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. What are we doing first, Brett? Ryan? I don't care. Stats? Sure. Sort of what we are already doing. This is the box office stats. Um, so, of course, Transformers. No, do you guys know that Transformers made like $100 million? No. I, I did know. They, 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 fa- they found a Transformer. They, yep. they found it. Yeah. Well, they think they found it. I think we got a Transformer here. They're not entirely sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot of money. I don't know how that compares. You know, no one is until Optimus Prime busts out the barn and goes, Here I am. Yeah, uh, you know, you remember every stat from forever. How does that do any idea how that compares to the other ones? Is it worse? It no, it's actually well? right on par with them. Oh, okay. I think the third one made like 130, but it opened on a Wednesday. Huh. So the demand yeah. kind of burned off towards the end. Yeah. I wonder how it would have done if there had been actually some real competition for it this weekend. You know how? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean May, like you know, 22 Jump Street and How to Train Your Dragon? Huh? Oh, you mean like in a big blockbuster movie? Yeah, because there are other movies to see. Because nothing really big came out the week before, and yeah, I think yeah. they 
I think Hollywood messed up this year because they were talking about how it's, the box office is down. I think they put too many movies in May. They didn't let these movies breathe. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, if you go from Spider-Man right into Godzilla, right into X-Men. Yeah. Right true. into Maleficent, you know. That was a big month. Maleficent uh, is the only, mo- like, what was it? Only non-superhero movie to break $600 million th- so far this year? I think that's the stat I heard. Um, so apparently somebody likes that movie. I guess I got to go see it because you said it was all right. It's all right. Yeah. I'd rent it. Okay. Cool. Well, it doesn't, you know, there's no accounting for taste because Transformers has made like $600 million already. Well, this is true. But, you know, Brad, were you part of that $600 million? I haven't seen it, no. Yep. Oh, Lucky you. man. What's wrong with you? Why Are you going to order that Grimlock, um, oh Optimus Prime riding Grimlock no, special edition? If I had an action figure of um, of Optimus Prime riding Grimlock, I would never need to actually watch the movie. So, because I would just stare at the action figure and like play with it and pretend like it was blowing shit up and eating other robots, and that would basically be the whole movie. So, The whole movie, Grimlock's in it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, but the only reason you watch the movie is what I mean. And then at the end, you know, Optimus Prime is like, you're free to go. And they roar like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and go off into the Chinese forest. Yep. That I guess surrounds I, I Hong Kong. It. Yeah. No. Does the forest surround Hong Kong? I don't think that there are trees in China. I don't know. I think that You all know what? Real nerds in Hong Kong is going to be um, our movie. The real nerds go to Hong Kong. Do we have to? The real nerds eat Chinese. <laughs> Ew. And then we'll, our adventure will be is we'll buy a bunch of those bootlegged Blu-rays where it's oh, like a cover yeah. doesn't have anything to we do with anything. We find out someone's been bootlegging our pod show season one. Yeah. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> super funny time. <laughs> oh, I it's hope like, that in China that's what the name of this podcast is. I hope it is. Super fun time. That'd be awesome. <laughs> this is coming out on Blu-ray next week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. So next week's a big week. Uh, Leave It to Beavers from PBS comes out this week. So make sure you check out a DVD of that. There's no Blu-ray because old people don't have Blu-ray players. Um, But no, seriously. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Oh, shoot. I've got it out of order. I thought you had it already. I do. I do. I just don't want to, like, I don't want to lead with Jodorowsky's Dune. So this week, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune comes out, which is a documentary about an artist who was designing for an adaptation of Dune that actually, documentary looks awesome, and I've heard really great things, so uh, I'm actually excited about checking that out. But it's not what you lead with. What you lead with is Nymphomaniac Volume 1 and 2 come out on Blu-ray this week. So if you want to see a whole bunch of movie stars like Willem Dafoe have orgasms. I do. um, this Especially Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your chance. Uh, the Raid 2 comes out this week, uh, which, ah, fuck, can't believe that I let that one go and and didn't, like, make sure that I go see the first one and then see the second one since the Alamo was showing them both. Uh, Bad Words comes out this week, the movie with Jason Bateman. The wheel, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's worth seeing once, at least. Um, I don't know if you want to necessarily buy it, but now you can rent it. Um, the movie that I know that Ryan has, I believe, already pre-ordered is the collector's edition of Lake Placid. I know. I love the, um, I love the cover on it. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, it's that one where the the uh, boat is getting eaten by the giant alligator. 
It's better than that one that, where they like mimic Jaws. I don't like that one as much. Yeah, I think that's the reverse of that one. Mm. Uh, Bad Grandpa point five. Brad, what the hell is Brad? Bad Grandpa point five. It's a uh, Bad Grandpa, but the uh, the wife storyline. Whatever Irving Zisman's like, they they had a cut of the movie where Spike Jones was in his you know old woman suit, and uh, she had a storyline, but then they cut her. I think. Something like that. Hmm. Well, a lot of the times, too, the Jackass movies, they shoot so much footage. And then they take the best ones and put them in the movie. Yeah. So this might be the not best ones all put together. But anyway, that's this week. doesn't seem like there's anything else. No. Except for Leave it to Beavers. Check that out. I wasn't kidding. Now, this is a documentary about real beavers, right? Uh, Yes. Nice. Leave it to Beavers. I heard it's damn good. (laughs) <laughs> that's the tagline for my movie you son of a bitch is it really <laughs> that'd be awesome it should be though but you have to spell it d-a-m-m-e yeah you know. support your local public television yep with a or don't i mean i don't really care so if you buy it from amazon does it support pbs uh well i mean pbs is selling it to amazon so yes and so with the 20 dollars that i'm buying this documentary for what do i get with it uh you get a um you get the blu-ray um you also get a receipt for the blu-ray i don't get uh, a tote email. bag <laughs> it's it's emailed to you no uh you don't get a tote bag um you probably That's already late. have a tote bag how many fucking tote bags do you need you need a tote bag for your a tote lot. bags at this point like come on what's next news Woo! <laughs> It's real news. Cool. Uh, I don't think anybody died this week. Not that I remember. I do. Yeah? Bob Hastings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Bob Hastings died this week. The voice of Commissioner Gordon on Batman and the Made Series. Oddly, a few short weeks after Alfred died, so... There's a death curse among the animated series going on right now. You know, now. it's usually in, in threes. Uh, Kevin Conroy should uh, should probably stay inside for the next couple of days. <laughs> um, He's a dark knight. He's okay. Probably. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Duel is coming to Blu-ray eventually. Uh, there's a Steven Spielberg-like collector's edition thing. And it's got four movies that have never been on Blu-ray before. Thrown you know, I didn't into see it, if they're, they're going to release them se- like separately. I hope they do. I know because it's not. I already f- own all the other ones. Right. <laughs> the the good ones in that pack are the movies that I already own, and then it's like 1941 on Blu-ray. And I'm like, ah, I mean, which I haven't seen since I'm a, as a kid. I've never seen. I'm really interested to see it. I, I'd like to see it, but I don't know that. I, I certainly wouldn't buy a pack of Blu-rays just for that one. Um, but Duel, I really like Duel, and think that movie might be really cool on Blu-ray. Um, especially if the conversion is nice, you know, though it's one of his, well, it's his earliest film sort of. Um, so it would, hopefully it's on good enough actual film stock that they can transfer it over and make it look beautiful. Um, they're, uh, they're bringing back community sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah, apparently Yahoo is in the business of buying TV shows now. Um, Trying so to compete with Netflix, I guess. I I guess I I don't really <laughs> care what their like vain attempt is to to do this because I don't think it'll be successful. But if it means I get another season of Community, I'm down. Um, it means I'm gonna have to pay for some stupid fucking service I don't want, but only for a little while. 
Um, well, if they release them all on one day, you can buy it for one day and then just hmm. cancel it. <laughs> there you go. Or even just a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not bad. Um, the Expendables 3 is going to yep. be PG-13. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they know why I see an Expendables movie. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't... How? How? I guess, I mean, you can get away with a lot of violence these days. But... I don't think you can kick a sword through someone's chest in PG-13, can you? I don't know. Uh, man, that's a good question. What's the level of violence <laughs> you can have in a PG-13 movie? Can well, eight guys shoot up one guy in a PG-13? It's proportionate to how much money they think Hollywood's going to make off the movie. So if it's if they think the movie's going to be huge, then you can put a lot of violence into a PG-13 movie. Um, but, but if there's no need to make it rated R, I guess you don't have to. <sighs> Yeah, I, mean, I agree, but I mean, I want it to be rated R. I like in Rambo when he shoots that dude t- to smithereens with the yeah. Gatling gun. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of feels like when they started making Die Hard movies that weren't rated R. Uh, of course, then they made a Die Hard movie that was rated R and it was fucking garbage. Um, but still, because it's not the swearing. I don't care if they cut out the swear. Like you know, yeah. Chuck Norris doesn't need to swear. You can still Norris say fuck and still get PG thirteen. Well, you can say it once. Uh, maybe yeah you can get away with it twice but you have to like write a letter to the mpaa and be like uh it's because it's funny like come <laughs> on <laughs> um, that's the letter too uh it's funny <laughs> that's what um uh that's what brian johnson did for brothers bloom because he got it in there twice uh but he like had to write a letter to them and be like okay this uh this is why it's in here and it's a it's just a it's a it's a funny line like i i, I want both lines in there um yeah so i don't know Whatever. Uh, Kevin Smith got to go see the set of Star Wars, and apparently it made him cry, which honestly does kind of excite me. <laughs> like, oh, there is some level of nerd in me that's like, all right, yeah, Kevin, he's like me. He likes that movie a lot, and I like those movies a lot. Did you hear his story on Hollywood Babylon about that? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. It's pretty funny. He, uh, he was talking about, because they went over to do shows in England, Yeah, and he was talking about how he got an email from some cat. You know how Kevin talks. Yeah. And it said, hey, you know, if you want, I know you're a huge fan. You can come over and see uh, Pinewood Studios and see what you got going on. Signed, JJ. So and uh, so Kevin wrote back. He's like, yeah, I'd, I'd freaking love to, blah, 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 blah. And then he was, and he said, man, then I was thinking, does he get the right Kevin? <laughs> I'm Kevin Smith. I'm the fat guy from Clerks. So he sent an email um, back where he's like, hey, uh, you know, I set it up with your people, blah, blah, blah. And I want to make sure you have the right Kevin. And then J.J. Abrams' email back was, oh, fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, That's pretty good. Yeah. So he was able to get on there because J.J. Abrams reached out to him. Uh, who who other Kevin? They, yeah. Anyway. Um, and then the very last thing is, uh, and this is actually, Slash Film had an interesting article about this, which is like the only time you've heard me say that in about 16 months. Um they uh, they sort of found out this week that the Constantine TV show uh, is not going to have Constantine smoke cigarettes because smoking cigarettes on television is is not okay with the NBC. Um, which the reason I say that Slashfilm had an interesting article was because they of course immediately said, "Well, wait a second, you guys show Hannibal, like yeah. that show is fucked up, <laughs> and I love Hannibal, but." That show is way more damaging to people who... You, that that show is damaging to me, and I'm an adult, much <laughs> less a child, um, and f- way worse than smoking. And the the reason I bring it up is 
that that character smoking it, he's not smoking because it's cool like that is actually an important part of his character and is really fairly interesting because he is you know he's sort of suicidal and would like to die but also is afraid of dying so he you know he smokes he chain smokes in order to kill himself as quickly as he can um and then at the end of like at the end of the movie i think the devil like pulls the cancer out of his lungs uh in order to keep him alive for a while um which that is movie's just, so cool i like that movie i really do Meh. It, there's silly shit in that movie but there's some cool stuff too um but still like I, they're not doing it to make him to because they're like oh smoking so cool it is cool um, to smoke I, uh, yeah okay no, it's that's not. What, that's all the cool... Dude, have you seen Humphrey Bogart smoke? That guy's cool as fucking ice. Guy's dead. He is dead. dead but he also... Cigarettes. He ate so many cigarettes, he he choked to death. Did he die from cigarettes? I have no idea what he died from. I don't think so. He I probably died from old. I think he did die from being old. He was famous. They don't die from, like, actual diseases. They either kill themselves or they die well, from Well, Disney old. died from smoking cigarettes. Oh. He wasn't famous. Really? I don't know. I'd say he's the most famous person in Hollywood for like 30 years. Probably. Then he died. Yeah, yeah. And he died. Kids. Yeah. Don't smoke. He got. He had to get one of his lungs removed because yeah. it was so cancer stricken and he still died. Did the devil so, pull the cancer out? Yes. Dude. Why do you think his movies are so popular? He made a deal. Yeah. See, that's the thing. If the the devil was around and I could be like rich and famous, I'd make a deal with him. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anyway, that's news. Ryan, Unless you I can be something. famous, but I'm going to take James's life for it. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no! So, but he believes in God, so he'll be all right, right? Yeah, he'll go to heaven. It's cool. Fine, Fuck but... it! I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> We're just kidding, James. I don't know what, what did I just get into. I couldn't live without you. <laughs> How do I live without you? Stop touching me! Stop touching me! Stop. I got to know. No, no, get away. <laughs> uh, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, Brad, you're finally here. Fuck. <laughs> I've been trying to talk about 24 for two weeks, and when I was talking about how Jack threw a dude out a window, <laughs> everyone else is like, meh. I, I know, cool. I felt bad, but <laughs> have you really missed me? Yeah. Has my, what I've been watching, been that absent? Well, well the 24 part. The yeah. 24, 24 part, yeah. <laughs> That's all you wanted to know. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, did you like this week's episode? Yeah, uh, although I'm just, I was, I double checked my math, and they said they were going to do time jumps in order to complete the 24 hour period and, and yeah. maintain the integrity of the show. But they're two episodes away from being done, yeah. and they haven't jumped time at all. I know. So, and they can't jump time in the next episode. Yeah, like if, if they did in the next one after that, it'd be like the biggest like cop out. Maybe they'll they'll do like Fargo, where they'll jump forward like a whole year. Spoilers. <laughs> that would still be wrong. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting this week because it's funny because I was watching um, – sh- obviously, I watched the show by myself because my wife probably hates it too. I don't know if she's ever watched it. And um, <laughs> when uh, Chang showed up, I was like – or Chen. Well, I saw the actor's name in the credits. So oh, I did knew you? Coming back, but I was like, I wonder how they're going to explain because he got like mm-hmm. carried off and arrested. Yeah. And I didn't think they I didn't think they sent him back to China. I thought he got like in American prison. But apparently went to Chinese prison, and they just were like, whatever, go back to your <laughs> criminal life. And but it was one of those th- moments where I was yeah. like, oh, fuck! <laughs> I think Chloe's going to die, though. You think? Yeah. I don't think... It's either Chloe or Audrey. One of those yeah, two well, is going to bite it. Yeah, because he tortured Audrey, too. Yeah. 
So, but Audrey's safe and you know with the president. So I, th- and I think they're done with that storyline pretty much, except for the chief of staff. Yeah, but, you know, uh, I actually really like Tate Donovan's character in that. That Bordeaux, I think he's really cool uh, in a sleazeball kind of way. Yeah, I would say <laughs> he's not a, like an awesome dude. <laughs> no, but the character is interesting yeah. because it's not that what what I do like about the season twenty four. It's not that they're like moles. It's he's th- he thinks he's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and you know, um, turning Jack. Well, for the wrong reasons. He's a little af- jealous, yeah. Yeah, he's jealous of Jack because he's afraid that his wife's going to leave him for Jack. But Yeah, but not, like Chloe's on the front line, and yeah. they always do something bad to Jack. Yep. So I don't think they'll kill him. Because I, I, I don't know. It's I think I heard it's their Fox's top show right now, so they might do it again next year. It's a really interesting show, and I, I think it's really tight. Um, you know, I do like that Navarro didn't get away. Jack caught him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just really fascinating, and that girl from Chuck is attractive, and she's pretty awesome in the show. Uh, is that the girl from Chuck? Yvonne mm-hmm. Strasky, yeah, the, yeah, from uh, Mass Effect. I didn't know she was in it. Yeah, so cool. yeah, Twenty Four is cool. That was I watched that this week. Um, I also watched Bachelor Party, which I don't know if you guys have ever seen with uh, Tom Hanks. Is that the show where people hand out roses to each other? No, that's the TV show The Bachelor. Oh, okay. Um, Bachelor Party stars Tom Hanks and is the great American tradition of having a party. Which is great about this movie is I think it's from 84, 83, I forget. Yeah. And um, it has that definitely 80s sex comedy vibe to it where everything is really zany and yeah. it keeps on getting taken to like the next level. So they start off his, uh, his fiance. Of course, her dad is like some rich snob guy, and, uh, and so Tom Hanks' his character is always just a smart ass to him, and the dad doesn't like him. So he has the tennis pro try to break up their marriage by offering Tom Hanks ten thousand dollars, and um, it's just really funny. And then he offers Tom Hanks the Porsche that he just bought, and uh, and the, there's only one rule for Tom Hanks during this whole. Uh, Bachelor party, no hookers. And guess what? His friends get him. Uh, hookers. Yep, yep. That's right, guys. Oh man. And then uh, he's pushed into the bedroom with the hottest hooker of all, and she's completely naked. And is he going to have sex with her? You guys, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you. You're going to have to watch it if he has sex with her. Is that the climax of the movie? Get yeah. The climax of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Pretty much. I mean, it's literally just one zany thing to the next. Like, yeah. uh, his wife goes to a Chippendales show, so they have the dude, who, one of the Chippendales guys, put his wiener in a hot dog bun and give it to the his fiance's wife. But, she but she, no, but she off. can't pull the hot dog off the tray, guys, because his wiener's there. Um, it's funny. Whatever. It's silly. Would you, would you say the movie's good? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to watch a movie and kind of have escapism sure yeah. like it's not tom hanks is funny in it but it's not like a classic comedy. no 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 not at all yeah um there's some really funny moments uh when the dad is telling tom hanks why he doesn't like him it's it's like a monologue that's 30 seconds long of him just saying you're degenerate you have no drive and tom hanks is going yeah you're right you're right it's pretty funny um yeah and all his friends are it's it's totally cliched and yeah. But I don't know if it's cliched because it's so early and I've seen so many movies since then. 
mm-hmm. or if it's cliche just because it's on purpose. All right. But it, it was fun. The Blu-ray actually has EPKs from 1983 or 84 on it. And so they're interviewing Tom Hanks, who just came off of Bosom Buddies. And he's saying what's fun about doing a movie is the characters are always stay fresh and lots of fun. Where on Bosom Buddies, he uh, was playing the same character for 40, 50 episodes. Yeah. It's it's pretty fascinating. Um, and, and I love the voiceover uh, who's doing the EPKs. He says, and now... Tom Hanks from TV's Bosom Buddies is going to uh, start the male tradition of the bachelor party. And then it cuts to the the producer and the writer and the director saying, yeah, this is how all bachelor parties go down. Like, really? <laughs> With a, hookers and drugs? They had to re- like, recut that trailer so that all the text pops up like, you know, Academy Award nominee from his role in Saving Mr. Banks <laughs> as Walt Disney... It's John Hanks. He's the bachelor party. <laughs> to a b- b- bachelor party. Is he going to sleep with the hooker guys? That, that's literally the moral dilemma of the movie. Is Will he sleep really? with the hooker? Is, yeah. Does he sleep with the... like? He, he does not. Oh, okay, good. Of course he doesn't. Yeah. He marries his... Probably gross. Yeah, I mean, the, the climax at the end is really funny because <laughs> there's uh, all these people partying and stuff. And he, Tom Hanks, stands up on this table and is like, hey... Did I have sex with anybody in this room? And everyone says, no. Okay, you all are drunk and high. Did I have sex with anybody in this room? No. And that's the end of the movie. Then he, then he like, kisses his, well, the end of the climax. He kisses his fiance. Then they go away and get married. Much to the chagrin of her father. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. You know, could be. There's, there's worse movies, guys. There's worse yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, I also got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, on Blu-ray. Now, which one is that? Because uh, that movie got like it got remade twice at the same time, didn't it? It got remade by Platinum Dooms, which is Michael Bay's company. Yeah. Um, and the first actual ta- Chainsaw Massacre that he made is actually really good. Is that the Jessica Biel one? Yeah. Yeah. And that one's good. Um, this is the follow-up to it, but it's a prequel. And, you know, Blu-rays look so good. You know, I remember watching it on DVD, and the movie's dark and grimy. But the Blu-ray... It's still kind of uh, grimy, but it you can see the details a lot more, and mm. um, the makeup effects are really good in it, done by KMB. Um, the performances are really good. Um, Leatherface is scary. Better or worse than Texas Chainsaw 3D? Oh, it's, uh, it's on a different planet. It's that much better. <laughs> For one, um, you know, it, it makes as much logical sense as a horror movie can. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say 38 years later and the girl who was born is like 21 and take place in 1997 and they have an iphone you know stuff like that that i don't know why studios don't recognize when they're reading <laughs> scripts but uh yeah no the movie is really gory and it's really well done uh it, it's really intense arlie emery is in it again and he's really good as sheriff hoyt he, he plays a whole level of crazy that i think only he can obtain uh, so yeah if, if you've haven't seen it and you're a fan of slasher movies and suspense movies i I would definitely check it out it's and it's really it looks really really good on blu-ray cool and it's really hard to find on blu-ray uh in fact i i got it at tradesmart because on amazon they're selling it for like 22 dollars and at tradesmart they had it for 13 Hmm. which is really weird brand new so yeah i don't think tradesmart hardly ever updates their prices or anything but yeah, so that's a fun one. Uh, the one I'm sure you guys will be interested in to know that I watched this week is I watched Star Trek Generations. Yes! Um, but you didn't watch First Contact? I did not. Ah, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I 
I don't know, I was tired this week. I kept on, and it took me like two times to watch Generations. Oh, yeah? Not that the movie was bad. I'm just saying I, I sat down and I started getting invested. I started kind of drifting away, mm. like falling asleep. And I said, well, I really want to see what happens in this movie. I don't want to fall asleep and then miss a chunk of it and then try to find where I fell asleep at. Yeah. Um, but the, the movie's good. It's yeah, it's really the first Next Generation thing I've really ever seen. Right. Uh, I've seen a few episodes here and there. My Uncle Mike used to be a huge Next Generation fan. So when I hung out with my cousin, he'd always have it on. For some reason, I thought it was always on TV. And, I mean, it, it, it's interesting, too, the the dynamic between the two captains, Kirk and Picard, where Kirk is kind of like a smug, uh, know-it-all captain, and he knows what yeah. he's doing. Picard's a little more cold and calculated mm-hmm. and a little more... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but he he, he makes... He seems like more of a real captain to me, where Kirk is... But Kirk's, Kirk's like professional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Kirk's a hot shot, where Picard is really zoned in and mm-hmm. knows what he wants and knows what he wants to do. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a really fascinating, because when you combine those two worlds, uh, you can see how different they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... I don't know, it's really... A, it's a fascinating movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to watch it again. Because they have a really cool commentary track on it mm-hmm. by a couple of not even writers of it. It's uh, I think fans of the the series or something. I don't have to read it again, um, but it, it's it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's a cool movie. Yeah. How? Because um, I think the most interesting thing to me is the fact that you're you're you know like when you went into the original series films, um, you knew those characters from the new movies, mm-hmm. uh, but like especially. Generations has Whoopi Goldberg in it, and that's the yep. only one with Whoopi Goldberg in it. Characters like Guinan, or Guinan, Data, maybe even Worf, like, do you feel like you relate to those characters or like those characters or even um, understand those characters? I Here's the thing. is I like, I like Picard a lot. Yeah. I like, uh, what character does Jonathan Frakes play? Um, number one. Yeah, Crookneck Riker. is what my family refers to him as. Riker, right? Riker, yeah. Riker. yeah I like yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, Dwarf, Worf, Worf, yeah, yeah. You know, to me, he's kind of whatever. Do you like Data yet? Data's all right. I mean, I I think I understand Data because I, again, I know who these characters are just because I because right. it's such a part of pop culture. Like I, I could pick them out of anything, right? You know, uh, Jordy and things like that. Because I oh, mean, yeah. th- their look is so iconic that I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that I don't think the characters are as fun. Hmm. I don't. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't mean, think that movie flushes them out very well because that's why a was... lot of the movie is based on parts of the show, like the Lursa sisters. Yeah, are from an episode. Um, the fact that Picard's family dies, like that's mm-hmm. that whole family episode at mm-hmm. the the vineyard that he hasn't seen. So yeah, exactly. That's why I was asking. Is that like as I think of those movies, or like I I rewatched. Yeah, the other night I texted Ryan and said like, "Hey, did you actually watch all four movies? Because I don't want to watch Nemesis if you don't if you didn't <laughs> see it yet." Um, but because we'd been talking about it, I rewatched First Contact yesterday. Um, and as I was watching it, there there were like two sides to me where I, there was one part of me that thought, man, he is going to think this is just fascinating and cool and like he's going to love this movie. And then there's the other part of me that was like, he's not going to fully understand what's going on. Like, I, I don't know if my love for those characters for all these years informs how much I enjoy that movie. Um, 
Yeah, the whole Lucutus thing is going to just uh, be exactly, over his head. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they, they actually, that's what I was paying attention to. And they, I think they, they have they a actually flashback, do a, but still, right. like, the re, the res, like basically, Picard was raped. So, <laughs> Hold on, hold like, on. That, yeah, the we'll resonance of that isn't going to... But um, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I don't know that that those movies bring you into those characters the way that the original ones I, I think do. you're right, because, you know, right away at the beginning when they're on the, the pirate ship, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is going right. on here? <laughs> exactly. And then, I mean, then you learn that it's like a hologram room or something like that. It's, it's Dude, like the danger he doesn't room. Under, he like he doesn't know <laughs> holodecks, like the, ex, the stuff like that. Yeah. That like Star Trek fans take for granted. Um, that that some of it you're gonna think is really cool, and some of it, honestly, I don't think those movies are gonna introduce you to very well. Um, and, and or the, thing, just the, the movie's really cool. well made, and yeah. it's it's well acted, and the, the special effects I think are really good in it. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea. Like people give that movie a hard time. I think the idea of that villain and that that the 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 um, what do they call it? The, not the, the nexus. The nexus. Yeah. Um, I think the idea of that is really cool. Um, it's a, it's in my opinion a really smart uh, Star Trek movie. It's one of the ones where it's not just an action movie in space. Like it really is like a yeah. You know what if this? What if there were a thing out there that we didn't understand and it did this and how? Wh- what would that do? But I think you're right. I think the thing that it's missing is I don't feel connected to them like I do Bones and Kirk right. or Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just because maybe the tone of each show is different um, and the playfulness of of Shatner, it's probably where Picard doesn't really have that playfulness. He kind of does, but it's not – I don't know how. I'll have to, oh, I'm going to watch him again. And you know what I like to do, too, with movies is, like I said, I'll rewatch this one again with commentary, and then yeah. I'll probably watch it again without it. Uh, just so I can absorb it and, a little more, and I think that by the time you've seen all four, you'll you'll like those characters and understand those characters better. I think the difference is that that there's not as many, especially in in one and two or in generations and first contact. There's not as many scenes where they sort of sit around and talk and and do the kind of things that like are in um, Wrath of, uh, Wrath of Khan. You know, where mm-hmm. like they just sit and you have fun little interaction scenes between. Kirk and Bones and Spock. Um, there's not as many of those in the first two. Uh, but I think if uh, spread throughout all four, you probably, by the end of the four, you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I like and appreciate these characters. And that's what more. I mean, because, you know, too, that's why I want to go back and rewatch them more than once. Right. Because I'm, I, obviously, people listening to this podcast know I'm a movie person and I'm a movie nerd. Yeah. But I do watch movies sometimes back to back so I can fully understand them if I don't feel that I got the most out of them. Yeah. And it's not that I feel that way, because I think this movie, I mean, it's cohesive and I understand it. Right. But I think I need to see the nuances of the characters a little more. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So I'll, I'll probably watch it again this week. Cool. And watch the rest of them. Cool. James, besides First Contact, what did you watch? Um, well, or you can just... talk about First Contact, I guess. No, no. Honestly, I, I watched First Contact because I thought, like, well, Ryan will probably get a chance to watch First Contact, too, and I... I want to have that fresh in my mind, mm. so I'll wait and talk about it next week because uh, I would rather discuss that movie with you. Okay. In terms of you know. Cool. Yeah, because that one I'm excited for, um, and Nemesis. I'm excited to talk about Nemesis for, with in, you. you. You know, we also didn't talk about in movie news that they're going to release Star Trek Into Darkness and the J.J. Abrams one together with all the bonus features. Remember that long-running joke on Real Nerds? No, podcast? I didn't see this. You didn't get my you, Facebook post? You didn't get a Facebook post? No, I don't check Facebook that often. Oh, yeah. It's, it's on like, Digital Bits. It's called uh, <laughs> it's Star it Trek. Uh, what's the it called? The Compendium. Yeah, The Compendium. Dude. And they're putting them all in, and they're re, they're 
inserting the IMAX shots into Into Darkness. Dude, now I can own that movie! Yeah, but it I, doesn't come separately. You have to buy the first Star Trek. That's okay. I'll do that. Because I'll spend money if I'm able to buy the thing that I want. How did you miss that? That's a huge article on Slash Film, too. I didn't see it. The Digital Bits. You should really read the article on Digital Bits. It's really fascinating. Because the guy there, they, they invited him to Paramount. And they asked, they said, so what do you think we should do? He said, you should put all the special features on one thing. Put the IMAX together. I'm and he, not fucking alone, Ryan. You no, know, and but he also said that he wanted all the Star Trek movies to have director's cuts and things like that. But, yeah, um, and Baron was like, "Yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> but it's a, it's a really go great back article. And you guys should uh, you guys should shoot that scene with the rock monster from Star Trek Five and <laughs> re-edit that movie so it doesn't suck. That'd be fun. That would be cool, man. They should take the no. They should take the uh, Tim Allen fight. From Galaxy Quest, <laughs> and then just inserted at the end. Of yeah, I still think Star Trek Five is my least favorite Star Trek. It's the most people's we'll, least favorite Star Trek. Yeah, we'll talk because I got to rewatch Nemesis. Um, I know I'm not there yet, but so far, and here's the thing: I said it last week. I don't think it's a bad movie. No, but it's well, that one's that one's just that one has a lot of things going against it, and yeah, had a lot of laser eyeballs. And yeah, yeah. Um, you know, isn't that weird? I can't accept that, but I can ex- accept Voyager becoming self-aware. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll have to talk about it because I'm going to rewatch Nemesis. My feeling on that movie is that that one is the worst because it and Brad, what's the what's the zombie characters. one? First, first, contact. Uh, first contact. First contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nemesis is like it's there's like three locations in the whole movie too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. they're on the ship, they're in the Romulan Senate, or they're uh, in like the uh, whatever the I forget what it's called. That guy's uh, ship, Tom Hardy's ship. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and they that go with the, they, cool they they go the one planet. That's I read it. that Tom Hardy's an asshole on sets. Is he? Oh, yeah. no. no. That's too bad. That sucks. And a bunch of articles, actually, that he's really intense and people don't like him. Well, I can I can understand intense. Like, if, you know, if he's, like, method and people are just like, dude, you're such a drama queen. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that's one thing. It's if he, like, treats people like shit yeah, he while he does, does it. it. It's you too know. bad because the press has never gotten anything wrong ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame to hear. Yeah, um, I've only really got one other thing to to talk about that I watched this week, which is that the um, uh, the leftovers started this week on HBO, and uh, and Dan and I watched that. Um, so the leftovers is it's based on a Tom Parada novel, uh, and it looks like based on the way it's written in the credits, it looks like Tom Parada wrote a version of the script, and then Damon Lindelof rewrote the script. Um, and I, I really liked this. Basically it's, um, there's like a, a rapture like event. And so 2% of the entire population of the earth just disappears in an instant. Um, but there are no like religious boundaries or any, it is completely random. Um, you know, it's only 2%. So for the most part, like civilization as a whole is still around and functioning just fine. Um, it's just that like everyone is in this state of grieving. Um, and what's really interesting about this show and they actually, I- I'm going to, I'll spoil this, just this little thing about the way they, they tell the story in the pilot is that they kind of, uh, they kind of bury the lead of what the show's really about. Um, because you start off and you're following these separate characters. And then as we move through the episode, you sort of realize that like, Oh no, these four characters are actually a family. This show is really about a family and a family that didn't lose anybody. Um, but just them 
sort of existing and trying to work out their problems in this world that is just sort of perpetually sad. Um, and it's really cool. There's a there's a cult that's getting really popular of people who um, we don't really understand. They're just all dressed in white and they keep smoking and basically tormenting people um, just by standing around and reminding people that like with secondhand smoke. <laughs> no, like they um, basically they 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 seem to keep popping up and intentionally trying to remind people that important people in their lives are gone. Um, so they're just like extending this grief that everybody mm. has and not letting anybody get over it. Cause I think it's been, it's been like three years, two or three years that they jump forward. Um, so you're at this point where like theoretically they should be able to move on, but there is this cult that's getting really popular that just sort of keeps reminding people, um, in a very passive aggressive way. Uh, and then the main character is this cop, um, who is played by Justin Theroux, who, like, it's a shame, because I think of Justin Theroux, and I either think of the stuff he's written, um, like, I think he did Battleship or something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, or I think of uh, his role in Charlie's Angels 2 Full Throttle. Um, So for some reason, like, in my head, I don't really respect Justin Theroux very much as an (laughs) actor, um, which is totally unfair, because he's really, really good in this show. Uh, he, He surprised me quite a bit. He's so handsome, too. He's not, I mean, he's not bad. <laughs> he's not a bad looking guy. Um, <laughs> uh, your Maybe. Wife just insinuated that you would like to blow him, which is weird. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally think it's worth checking out. I think uh, HBO made the first episode, like, free online, so you can go see that yeah, one. Yeah, um, I love the I love the uh, promotional art for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating. I, so I read, I didn't finish the book, but I started the book and really liked it. Because as soon as I heard Damon Lindelof was on it, I was like, oh, I need to read this before he makes the show. Um, and it's, they're, they're doing a really good job. What's, what's cool here and what you'll see, what you'll see as a sort of holdover from Lost is that it's still a show about faith and about um, questions about faith and family and things like that. Um, but that most importantly, it is a character centric show. And if you go into this and you feel like, oh man, by the end of the show, they better tell me why all these people like disappeared. You're probably going to be disappointed. Um, it's clearly not what they're interested in. I read a great interview with Damon Lindelof talking about that. Yeah. And he said the reason why he likes to leave things open-ended is because no matter what his answer is, people aren't going to like it. So yeah. he likes to leave things up for interpretation for other people yeah. to decide for themselves. Yeah, because my idea of what's going on is is a whole lot better. And at the end of the day, theoretical questions about why some miraculous thing that didn't happen in the real world happened are not as interesting as just musing about the way we handle grief and the way that we try to move on with our lives um, and the way that we just interact as like family units, like that stuff is way more important to me and way more interesting than like, Oh man, maybe it was aliens and they, uh, they pull up all these people. And it's the Borg. The Borg did it. <laughs> it's I so don't... funny that you say that my cook Candace started watching lost. Yeah. And she says, what, what's going on with the monster? And this guy said, just, just watch it and study the people of who they are. Yeah. Study them as characters. And she came back a couple of days later. She's like, oh, it's way more fun when you just look at them as just people. And who cares if they push the button or not? You know, right. it's. But I said, but also think why that character wants, is pushing that button. Right. 
you know, look at it a different way, not just the mystery. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting that people what are still discovering What the button does the doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not the characters want to push the button does. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. No, it's a really cool show uh, and shot beautifully. Um, man, with some really lasting moments, there's a, there's a whole subplot with a dead dog that's totally worth seeing that episode for. Because um, there's this... There is a little bit of it. This is the only place where there's genuine mystery, where there's something kind of miraculous going on. Because they hint early on that, like, there's this flip line about, like, oh, you know, all the any dogs or animals that were present when someone disappeared and saw someone disappear, they've all like gone rabid, and they're living out mm. in the woods, and they're wild dogs that'll just like eat anyone. Um, and one of the characters is like, that's bullshit. Uh, and then there's this weird scene at the end that makes you think, you know what, maybe that's true. Mm. Um, and it's just a little piece of mystery that he drops in there into a show that's honestly just about sort of a, a broken up and, and tortured family. Um, so it's totally worth checking out. Very cool. Brad, what'd you see? Uh, I Fuck did. what you watch. How's your movie coming along? <laughs> it's almost done. Nice. Hopefully by the end of this month we'll be done with principal photography and maybe October we'll screen it. Big theater screening party. Uh, I, was, I saw a little clip of it and there's a scene where Jean-Claude Van Damme shoots a gun out of somebody's hand. Or a knife. It's a knife. Where did you see that? Uh, you showed it to me. In private? In private. Yep. Yep. It's pretty Spoilers. cool, right? Spoilers. <laughs> he shoots a knife. Yeah. 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 That's what he said. That's yeah. A, yeah. Shoots a knife out of some dude's hand. That's all I can say. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it, but he shoots a knife out of some dude's cool. hand. How'd you yeah. get Jean-Claude Van Damme on set? Um, he, uh, well, I guess he, there's a first unit camera, and they're shooting all his scenes, and they send me the footage. Oh, okay, cool. So, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> been on set with him, but he was on set somewhere else Who's shooting. Who's the director, Steven Spielberg? Hmm? Is it directed by Steven Spielberg? Well, I'm directed. No, the, no, I mean the first, the first unit? camera. Yeah, yeah, your first unit. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I just emailed Jean-Claude directly. Frank, Frank Marshall. Frank Marshall's your first <laughs> unit director. Yeah. Joe Dante, something that like that. A, something that was like a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait to get, <laughs> can't wait to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> just, cool. Just want to stop spending money on it and spending all my time scheduling. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. The only thing I really saw this week, I got Grand Budapest Hotel for like 12 bucks at Trades Mart, so I watched that. Oh, Life Aquatic, I watched that. Did you get the Criterion? Yeah. Is it cool? Well, it, I've always had the Criterion on DVD, but I got the, the Blu- Blu-ray. Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it looks great. Awesome. Um, and I think that movie does look good on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, fluorescence and stuff. I always hear from people like it being their like least favorite one of, but really? it seems to me like his style is consistent. Like yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other big thing I've been watching is I'm doing a lot of work on the computer. So I put like Breaking Bad on the back, on the background. Yeah. Uh, cause I know what's going to happen. No, right. there's, if I miss something, it's not a big deal, but that show is so great. that <laughs> I will constantly find myself suddenly watching a whole hour's worth nonstop, just getting sucked in. So I'm like, damn it. I was supposed to be writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching other people's well-written stuff, and I'm on yeah. season three right now. And um, a certain brother-in-law <laughs> just uh, yeah, no, I know, got in trouble. So, mm. yep, yep, shit's about to. Well, the whole seat, the whole series, stuff just gets worse and worse. So, yep, escalation, pretty good. Yep. 
So that's it for me. I can't say much because this guy's here. Yeah, he might watch it someday, so I don't want to spoil really it. It's a great show. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. I'm telling you. Trying really to make a movie, and I keep getting distracted by Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really busy rewatching Friends, so mm-hmm. yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I've been rewatching um, the original Star Trek as I go to bed each night, which is a problem because I actually never finish any episodes. I fall asleep halfway through them, um, but they're 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 so cool. Uh, it's interesting to watch. Like they're the they're the TV edit, so it's got the I talked about this last week. It's got the CG sections in it, um, but it's also I don't, th- I don't know if it's HD, but they're they, they look good. Um, and so from one episode to the next, especially in the early ones, you'll see Spock's makeup change pretty drastically because they're still trying to figure out what he's supposed to look like. Uh, so sometimes he's like real gross looking and you're like, nah, that's not Spock. That person's green and I'm colorblind. So, so he's probably yellow. So he's (laughs) he's bright red. He's he's actually like Smurf blue. (laughs) Yeah. You got a comic book this week, James? I do. Cool. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Um, so, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of uh, American Vampire, which mm-hmm. is uh, it's art by uh, Raphael Albuquerque and, and written by Scott Snyder. Um, and they recently brought it back with a series called Second Cycle, um, where Pearl Jones, who Pearl Jones is the character like from the beginning, who get, gets turned into an American vampire, um, and you know, now it's like I think it's in the '60s now because it's he's he's telling the story in chronological order, so it always moves forward in time just a little bit. Um, and she's sort of out in the West um, somewhere, and uh, she's built like an orphanage for uh, vampire children, which is kind of cool because if you don't remember me talking about this in the past, like um, this is the book that posits that every kind, every sort of culture has its own version of a vampire and they're all slightly different um so she's got this little like house full of children um and they're all different kinds of vampires um and in the meantime there's this other story going on with this new guy that i don't really understand yet um but there's this giant vampire force thing that's sucking up whole busloads of kids and like just eating everyone and seems to be uh, one of the more powerful things that we've ever seen in that book. Um, But we haven't seen what it is yet, but it seems like it's a big bad that's going to be pretty badass. Um, I I still just love this book. It's really, really cool. Um, And because he's been able to, like... Put all put these characters in very different situations in each series because they are so old, right? And when you add uh, the sort of culture and time period that he's telling the story on top of those characters, um, he can put them in really cool situations and really grow them. I, I sort of feel like I I get a different version of the character every time, and so it's kind of cool to like jump in and be like, oh, okay, who is Pearl Jones now, and what is she doing, and whereas Skinner Sweet is like a um, uh, Skinner Sweet's the f- the first of the American vampires and the person who turned her, um, and he's a uh, like a motorcycle gang dude now, which is really badass. Um, so it's just a really fun sort of playground. And the nice thing is, is that the way he writes a story, you can kind of just jump in at any time. Um, so you ought to go to uh, Colorado Quince Cards of Comics, and I, he's probably got still plenty of issues of this. Um, and you can get issue one and two, and then I think three is out soonish or may already be out. Um, so go pick that up. 
because it's cool. And then if you like it, go get the rest of it. You can get 20% off on all of the trades at Colorado Quince Cards. So. And a hold slot, so you get 20% off on all the new issues. That's true. That's true. Do that, too. I forget what the minimum is issues. I think it's six. You have to have oh, really? six. I don't know, though. I need to go pick mine up. Yeah. Maybe after the podcast. Maybe. This week, me and James, Brad, late again, went and saw Deliver Us from Evil. Deliver Us. Scott Derrickson's new movie. I was really excited for this one, but we'll talk to James first. James, should people go see Deliver Us from Evil? I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a big horror guy, so you could very well tell me that this was a bad horror movie. Um, so all I can really say is I think the movie's gorgeous. Scott Derrickson's real good at this. Um, and, you know, this wasn't a this wasn't a horror movie that, like, won me over and made me feel like, oh, this is cool. But I also wasn't terribly bored by it. Um, and he actually does, with, with what I would consider to be not necessarily flat but archetypal characters, he does a pretty decent job of making them interesting. Um, so I don't know how the horror works. You can sort of shine a light on that. Um, but as far as like his talent as a as a filmmaker and the the film overall, I think it's I think it's de- I think it's good. It's well made to, for sure. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. At the very least, I think it's probably a rental. I don't know if you need to go like see it, but um, the visual effects are really cool too. So I, here's my favorite thing about Scott Derrickson movies is even though it's a horror movie, it's really not at the beginning. It's more of a police yeah. police procedural movie. It's yeah. um, because he's skeptical like everybody else you're basically eric banna's character in this is the audience and so we we live through him um i don't think it's his strongest movie um i still think it's a good movie though i don't think i don't think it's poorly made or i don't think it's a bad movie i think it's just it's a good movie but uh coming off the hills of the his exorcism of emily rose and sinister it's not quite up to that level, but it's not a bad it, movie. I don't know how to. I mean, we'll have to talk about this after. About, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a trailer. Um, I, I I think you're right. I think it's a rental. Okay. Um, I, I do I do want to see it again though. Here here's a trailer for. There's two types of evil in this life, Officer Sergeant. Secondary evil, the evil that men do and primary evil, which is something else entirely. I've seen some horrible things. Nothing that can't be explained by human nature. Then you haven't seen true evil. Hi, Daddy. I'm going to sleep now. First, I want to tell you that I love you, and I miss you. Here, give Daddy a kiss. Be safe tonight.
See, I heard scratching noises under the floor in her room. Scratching noises? I'm pretty sure that's the trailer is that little stuffed yeah. owl falls off rolling going. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is actually like my least favorite part of the movie. Cause that feels very, you know, rinse repeat kind of thing of like, Oh, we've got to get his family involved. And then like mm-hmm. the little girl's going to have some creepy in a room. Like that's, that's the part where I was like, Oh man. Cause the rest of it, you're right. Like this is honestly the best John Constantine movie anybody's ever made. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really what it is. Uh, it's it's the movie stars uh, Eric Bana as um, Ralph Sarchi. Sarchi, yeah. Um, and he's it's a real story. If because uh, we don't have the ability to get it's, Scott Derrickson on our show, you should really listen to Kevin Smith interview him on Smoothie Makers, and he talks about Sinister, and then he talks about he's in the process of writing this movie, and it's a really fascinating interview. Hmm. Um, so it's it's a, based on a real detective. Obviously, this movie obviously is going to fabricate things and make it more terrifying. Yeah. But, um, but he, I mean, Eric Bana is really good in the movie. Um, I, I think it's, and what where Scott Derrickson is such a great director is he doesn't shy away from showing you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the opening shot of Eric Bana is him, like, finding a dead baby in a dumpster. Yeah. And, um, and then that, that ends up being what the movie's about for, mm-hmm. like, 20 minutes is just, like, this cop who... Um, yes, everything ends up being supernatural, uh, but for the first 20 minutes, like he has no inklings of that. And, you know, no, it's him just being a cop. It's him investigating things. And what's really cool is he's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. He's piecing together things that seem random are actually tied together. Uh, and he's slowly piecing it together. And it's interesting. Joel McHale's in this movie. Yeah. I don't remember reading. Yeah. Uh, I tried to. Horror movies, I try not to read too much news about. I know when they're coming out, and I know who they're made by, because I, I like to be a little surprised in them. Right. Um, he, here's a cool scene of him investigating what's happening around him. Sun around. She's off the handwell. She drugged? She's been sedated. You know this lady? Yeah, her name is Jane Crenna. You got a name? Joe Mendoza. Just one of my charges. One of your charges? What, what does that mean? I'm a Jesuit priest. Where's your collar, Padre? They work undercover, like you. You going with her? He's here at the family's request. They felt she needed a specialist. You a psychiatrist, too? No, I'm not. Can you tell me exactly how she was behaving when you first saw her at the zoo? Like she was nuts? That's how? When you arrested her, did she seem unusually strong? No. Why? The reason that would interest you. But if you do think of something more specific, or if I can be of any help, just call me. Okay. Because three fourths of this movie is really not horror. No, it's uh, well. I mean, even more I mean, than what, what's your what your definition of horror? I mean, yeah, as, as far as like a a, a a tense sequence where something yeah. scary might pop out. Um, yeah, at least three fourths. Yeah, because it, it's it's literally him trying to figure out why these people are being murdered, 
Um, why did this lady pick up her baby and throw him into like a lion's den? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, p- parts like that I think are actually pretty effective and creepy um, because you don't really know what's happening uh, to these people. Yeah. Um, and it definitely goes into the exorcist kind of territory where someone is being controlled by demonic forces. Right. So they're really not doing it. Um, it, it also kind of opens in uh, like an intense battle scene from my, like the Iraqi war. Yeah. Um, kind of had a feel of the exorcist too. I don't know if you've ever seen the exorcist, but in the exorcist, remember the opening is they open up some coffin in Egypt and that, demons oh, in it and stuff yeah um, so it has kind of the same little i forgot about that opening uh but yeah i mean you know it, it's it's a fascinating movie again i don't i really need to see it again because i don't think it's a bad movie i don't think it's one of his best ones but i want to see it again because i think the performances are really good in it yeah um, it's it, it feels like it's good sort of in spite of itself i think it's a victim of you're right if uh his family has to be in danger. Where yeah. where movies like I maybe I hate saying this, but Sinister is on a smaller scale. So in Sinister, the ending is doesn't end well for the family. It doesn't. Oh yeah. And if this one, even though you know his, his family's going to be okay because it's based on this real life police officer, it still feels really forced. Forced. You're right. Yeah. Even though I think the ending is beautifully shot, and I think it's told Dude, the whole wonderfully. That's the thing. The whole movie is. Gorgeous. There are shots early on where I honestly, because because I do think that the the characters themselves are that you've seen them before, yeah. right? Like he's a cop, but he spends too much time on the job, and he's kind of a badass, and like he doesn't believe in this stuff, and then it ends up being that stuff. And I say that, and I say that in that voice, that snarky voice, to make it clear that like this is a thing you've seen before. But the truth is, you very rarely feel like. Yeah. Like you've seen it, but like it, you know, he does such a good job and he's cast it well and he shoots it well and he gives the movie the right momentum so that it, it feels fairly fresh. Um, so I was never really bored, but there were shots early on where I was just looking at like, man, there's this awesome shot where they pull up to the house where that guy's been beating on his wife. And it's just a, like a vertical shot up the uh, escape uh, mm-hmm. or the fire escape. Um, and it's just, and it's just raining on you. Who the director of photography is. Um, yeah, I don't know, really well but done. you should keep that guy for Hugh yeah. strange. Cause, um, if they could make a Dr. Strange movie that looks this gorgeous and this real and not throw a lot of CG into it, man. Cause that's the other thing was like when the, when some of the miraculous, you know, supernatural stuff happens, like, um, at the end when the dude from the Borgias, who's got all the stuff cut into his chest, uh, when he's in the chair and like the room is shaking. Oh no. The best shot. <laughs> the coolest shot is right after he find at the beginning, right after he finds the baby, and then he's walking down the alley towards the camera, and the camera just starts to shake. Yeah. Like, oh, like that. I want, I want Hugo Strange to like Hugo, shake the camera. Strange. Or Steve, I'm sorry. I want. <laughs> sorry, wrong. Hugo strange. strange. Uh, I want yeah. Doctor Strange to uh, shake the camera that way because um, it's it's striking and cool, and I don't know that I've seen that effect that way, um, especially to invoke um sort of the emotion of the character to us especially somebody who we've never even heard his voice at that point in the movie mm-hmm. like it's just really cool um and stuff like that that make this movie really fun and interesting to me at least um and then you know there's like some possession or whatever i really do wish that like they had just fictionalized it even more and like there was a scene where you know eric banna goes to hell <laughs> and he wears a trench coat and smokes cigarettes. And so you want you want it to be uh, Father's Day? 
<laughs> no, I, I want it to be John Constantine. I want it to be Hellblazer, only shot exactly like this, all realistic, you know, um, very little CG. Uh, that, yeah, there was that one really cool effect where uh, the demon was, like, coming out and his forehead started splitting. Yeah. That was, I bet that I bet that was Phil Tippett. Yeah, yeah, Phil that Tippett was like Phil part Tippett of stuff. it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it does because here's the thing: is I've never been. Everyone says how the Exorcist is scary. I don't think the Exorcist is scary um, because I don't know. Um, so the the end exorcism, while it was intense, I, I just you know it's whatever. Well, it's more. That's that's part of also where it falls down for me is that like. So you end up finding out that he's sort of haunted by the fact that he beat this pedophile to death. In <laughs> Which the is street. awesome. Um, <laughs> should, I, yeah. should you be cheering for that? <laughs> yeah. You should, I um, think. <laughs> and that part of the and, – and when you and what you find out about the uh, the the priest, uh, like his sort of story. I, actually, his character to me is really interesting. Like it him is. I really liked. Uh, and so the conflict there at the end where – you know, the demon is, like, trying to egg him on and trying to stir him up. Um, that part I was interested in, but there's not a lot for our main dude. But it's still um, cool when, you know, they do have that line. It's like, you're doing exactly what you told me not to do. Exactly. You know, and that's it's an interesting change of pace. Yeah. I mean, the movie's good. I don't... Man, I'm really torn on it. I... I'll... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, it's... Like I said, it's hard for me because as as somebody who's not much of a horror guy, like, there's not much here for me. Other mm-hmm. than that it's gorgeous. Um, I end up sort of walking away and being like, "Yeah, the characters are pretty lame and, or, or, or I should say, pretty flat." Um, but then they but have that great scene where uh, he yells at his daughter. That is great. And then he it's the best scene in the movie. Th- and he tells his wife why he's that way. Yeah. And it, it's, that's it, my week, and she says, "Yeah, well, yeah, yeah." And he his wife know. realizes what he has to go through. And you know, Eric Bana is just a badass. Yeah, like, I, I really like him in I think almost every movie he's in. For I mean, yeah. Munich, but that's uh, yeah. I can't see Olivia Munn and not see Olivia Munn. Really? Yep. Yeah, I've watched way too much Attack of the Show. Like I see Olivia Munn and I'm like, oh, Olivia Munn's in this show. I almost had the same problem with Joel McHale because because really? he was a little like he's smiling a lot and having fun. Uh, even though you know he's he's buffed and like you know he he plays the part really well. He does a fine job. Um, but he just he smiles too much, and when he smiles, I'm like, "Oh, it's Joel McHale." <laughs> ah! um, but I think a movie like this needs that levity in it, though, I agree. because it's it's pretty dark. Yeah, but yeah. you know, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would have cut out the whole section with his family getting. F- f- you got to find a way to end it with her, where the stuff that's at stake is. Not just his, like, you know, cookie cutter family. Yeah, it seems that ending seems really studio. Yeah. And that's what I mean with Sinister, where uh, you guys have you guys seen Sinister yet? No. Well, anyways, at the end of Sinister, Ethan Hawke's family is murdered. So there is no. And, and this is the only movie of Scott Derrickson's where it ends happy. Because even in The Exorcism of Emily Rose, it doesn't end well. Uh, well uh, um, uh, uh, from the, or not from the Earth of the Moon. Um, uh, Day there stood still. Yeah, I guess. the aliens don't kill everyone. In that movie. They don't. Um, again, studio movie. Um, so it's very true. So I think, I think you can tell. I mean, here's the thing: I, I still think the ending's what's really powerful about it is how it's shot because it goes dialogue free. Yeah, you know, it's dialogue free, and you can, you obviously because it's how he's saying it, you can read his lips. And yeah. I love the, the revelation of even the the guy that he realizes the demon's gone, you know, the bad guy. 
and okay, he's awesome. Yeah, and he's heartbroken. I mean, it's it's a really great scene, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that performance to me. That guy was in the Borgias. He plays this assassin, um, so I was really excited to see he was in this. Um, and that performance at the end, like the look on his face when he is free, and I and you, they they never say it, but you realize he rem- he's he must remember everything. Yeah. He must remember everything that was done and everything that he did. Um, and just the look on his face tells you that uh, I mean, with the, no dialogue. I mean, all. the effect of scary parts in it are to me is, you know, like real horrors when he goes and sees, uh, even the first call to the domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Like there's something creepy about that scene where you see like the scratches on the floor yeah. and, you know, the wife's all beat up and the guy is crazy. It, it's a really fascinating movie. Because um, the, the the things that to me feel like traditional horror, like when the woman in jail, like we we get that shot. The shot is really cool. Yeah. But then the end of it is like she's she's killed the dude while he was bringing her lunch, and then she crawls with the keys in her mouth out of the room, and you're like, okay. Yeah, it's creepy. I mean, it's but really it's, effective. But it's not <laughs> like it's it's creepy, but it's not as horrific as like to, when when she drops oh, on his car, and then like there she is on the street, and you're yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> With bones protruding out of her oh, and stuff. It's, God, yeah, it's, it was gross. It's brutal. Yeah, but not, not threatening. Um, yeah, that's what I, I mean. Th- like, the, I think the real life horror stuff is scarier than yeah, uh, than but the demonic possession stuff. I think where I'm going is that, like, to me, there's nothing personal. You know, his family gets a, it gets to be at stake at some point, but there's nothing internal for him that's mm-hmm. ever at stake. Um, it's why it's, it's why I ended up liking Evil Dead so much is that from you know I watch those characters and those characters, you know, um, Mia's sort of obviously her well being she's possessed but so obviously her well being is at stake but you know she's she's trying to get away from being addicted to drugs and that's really what's at stake in mm-hmm. that movie and then the the demonic possession thing is sort of a personification of that um, here. The only reason, the only thing that ever really gets to be at stake for him is his family, which that's the problem. Is that they needed there needed to be a thing where he has to wrestle with, and you know they I they, think they tried they they it, did. I mean, th- there's that great scene with uh, I think Father Mendoza is his name. Yeah, I can't remember Mendoza. Um, but when he sits down, he confesses that he killed that murderer. Yeah, and uh, this is how great of an actor Eric Bana is when the guy says, "I absolve you of your sins." He couldn't believe that he was absolved for murdering somebody. Right. And and that's and I, I think personally that that should have been the one step and then they should have uh, exercised that demonic guy and it should have ended. Yeah. Because, you I know, agree. you're right. Because putting this family in danger, because to me, that's the, his story is he feels guilty about what he did. I agree. Um, um, yeah. I, I think you you go from that into the exorcism and but but then you have to have that realization that moment come back up yeah. and be tested otherwise otherwise if it's not tested if if we see that look on his face where he is like he's in shock that how can i be forgiven for this thing that i do um then he's got to have you know he's got to have that sequence with the guy where yeah. but, but it's got to be it's got to be more on the nose than what they do now like you could you could make the argument that that's what they're doing where mm-hmm. like uh the well, other think- guy isn't willing to forgive himself and eric banna has to like tell like hey we're in this together. You and I are both good. We just have to finish this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. You cut out the whole family thing. I mean, you still want the family should still be there. Um, but 
But like yeah, that. I mean, because he already learned. I mean, the old Eric Bana's character would have killed that guy because he did something to his family. In this one, you know, he handcuffs him and takes him into the precinct. Yeah. Um, this I, is true. I, I, I don't know. I'll have to You're watch right. it again. You're right. I mean, I'll obviously buy it. I'm a huge fan of Scott Derrickson. So part of of why that doesn't work also is that like we've seen these, you know, demonically possessed people like do horrible things the whole movie. And Mm -hmm. they, you know, they kill Joel McHale spoilers and they throw babies into places. Yeah, it's a gruesome death. Like it's pretty good. Um, So all these. And then like the the family, he locks into a truck and like parks in a storage unit. Like, yeah, that's something I get to. Why don't you kill the family? Exactly. You know, because he wanted um, to see Eric Bana. I don't, I don't no, know. because they wanted a happy ending. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing is that that's the one place where you really see the the puppet strings get pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I'm mean, wondering if there if the Blu-ray will have like an alternate ending. Maybe, maybe we'll. Or see. they just find dead Olivia Munn. <laughs> you know, that's something you'd want. No, I don't know she no. doesn't. She doesn't bother me at all. No, no, no. It's not that she doesn't bother me. It's that I can't. It, I can't not see Olivia Munn. That's the, that's the thing. Um, she's actually yeah. She's getting better. Fuck she it. I'm gonna. Sure. I think you should go see it. I think maybe you can help us clarify. Yeah. Um. If, maybe. So if you know you like horror films, write in to Real Nerds Podcast, RealNerds at Gmail dot com. Tell me why you agree or disagree with us. Because again, that's what I love about Derrickson's movies is they're not just about the horror. It's about right because. Emily Rose is, you know, uh, a courtroom. It's like Law and Order. Um, Sinister is about a man trying to redeem himself. So it's and save his. Gosh, man, I, I'm I'm gonna go see this movie again this week, hmm. just because I'm fascinated by. I, I just love him as a filmmaker. Yeah, um, that's the thing. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I like as as we were driving up here, I was sort of thinking about how I would like to talk to him at some point and sort of find out because. I feel like horror film horror as a genre is one where it's really easy to get labeled as like the horror guy, mm-hmm. right? Um and you know, Derrickson has done now three. Um and my fear is that he obviously he's getting out to some degree and gonna go do a Marvel movie. Um and what I'm curious about is do guys like him get into this place where they feel like all they all they get offered is horror movies because they get known as the horror guy and is he because the movie's gorgeous, I just don't know. Maybe he's tired of it. You know, mm-hmm. he's done that kind of shock stuff before. Um, at a certain point, you kind of go like, "Okay, like well, this is know. my bag of tricks, and it's all really good." But I have a there are more tricks in this bag. What's interesting with him is stuff. I've been reading a lot about him, and he's doing a lot of producing it now. Yeah. I think he's going to stay take a step away from the camera and just help young filmmakers get to where he is. Where yeah. he's a young filmmaker, made scary movies, and now he's a. You know, he's getting becoming an A-list director. Yeah. So I, I think that's what he's going to start doing. Because that's what I'd like. Because I, I, I think he's everything I see, he's actually really talented. I, he's just not the movies he makes don't aren't for me. Um, so it's kind of tough because like that's why I say like man, if they if if they if they'd just gone a little bit further and made this Hellblazer, or if it were you know just a slightly it different does make movie, you excited for Doctor Strange though. Heck yeah, it does. Like, we'll like I said, some of those effects when the when the guy is tied up in the chair and he's like shaking the room and he's shaking the chair and it just looks like there's this hint of something magical and supernatural going on, but it also could maybe be real. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just blurry. We don't know. Like that kind of stuff um, makes me really excited for uh, a sort of hopefully not as CG heavy Doctor Strange movie. We'll um, see. Yeah. Was that two years? Got some I think so, yeah. Next week we're seeing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Cool. That, no, I'm excited. It's getting really I'm good. Not, You're I'm not filming. You're a dick. 
Uh, that's all right. So me and James will see. Actually, yeah. I'm really excited. It's getting really good reviews. Good. I really good reviews. I almost want to go back and rewatch Rise because you know I I didn't like. I remember not liking Rise, but I don't remember entirely why. Really, I think it's really good. Um, I have it if you want to borrow it. I might. I might. Um, this this one looks pretty interesting. Uh, it just it better be more than just monkeys fighting people. Uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> Damn. I bet the next one's Birth of the Planet of the Apes. Oh. It's <laughs> all these prequel, generic prequel names. Yeah. <laughs> Rise, yeah. Dawn, Birth. Yeah. Well, it's because they don't want to get rid of, of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I think that's why it's hard. Because I think they're, they're clumsy titles. Oh, yeah. You know, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It could be Future of the Planet of the Apes or uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. the Next Generation of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Degrassi. <laughs> Uh, so uh, thanks everybody high for school listening. of the planet of the apes Hoda the next generation <laughs> bye bye visit our website realnerdspodcast.com you can tweet us at real underscore nerds you can email us even realnerds at gmail.com like us on facebook Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.